this is Fred. And this is Fee. And, and this, this is the Real, Real Dose, Dose of Love podcast. We are breaking the stigma and showcasing the black family, our 18-year relationship, eight years of marriage, and parenting one episode at a time. Follow us on Instagram at Real Dose of Love podcast to stay connected with us. We, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. in. Peace, Peace and blessings. blessings. In this episode, you are getting a raw and uncut perspective from various moms. I called it Mom's Monologues because I allowed the women selected to be a part of this episode to give their very personal and transparent opinions about their journey on motherhood. I asked them to kind of talk about their highs, their lows, their experience, what you feel is what they feel is best for them to reach their full potential and any gems or advice that they can give to moms out there. And they surpassed any of my expectations that I had and is really delivering something sincere and from the heart. And I hope you guys enjoy it. crystal and i am a full-time chemist business owner wife and a mother of a brilliant and very talkative six-year-old boy i honestly never saw myself as a mom it's not that i didn't want to be one i just really never envisioned it i'm really not a kid person and i really didn't envision myself as a boy mom like what am i what am i gonna do with a boy but motherhood definitely hit me like a whirlwind. Being a mom has really taught me so much about myself, my flaws, my strengths. And I know it's cliche, but my son was really everything that I never knew I needed. Motherhood is such a personal journey, but from the very start, people impose their opinions on your journey and whether it's giving advice, unwarranted advice, whether it's telling you what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. And honestly, it's hella annoying, especially when you're just trying to navigate and maneuver in unknown territory, because it's not like there's any worthwhile books or like, like, like a playbook for you. You don't, you don't know those things. And I love my son with everything in me, but I'm not perfect. And I fear that something major will happen and my mama bear instinct won't kick in in time. Also, parental anxiety is real as fuck. (laughs) Mine's kicks in heavy when my son interacts with other kids. I get so anxious that they won't treat my baby right or they will be mean to him. And now I got to go check somebody's kids. I don't want to have to do that. But honestly, for every ounce of anxiety, there is twice the amount of joy. Because at the end of the day, kids are funny as hell. (laughs) 
the way their minds work, how they soak up everything. And it's truly a blessing watching him find his footing in the world, how he develops his strengths and how he deals with his flaws. I, I worry that I'll project my wounds onto him. So I try to be very cognizant of that. My dad wasn't around the way he was supposed to be. And I know for a fact that that impacts my relationship with my son because I struggle with affection. But I work through it because at the end of the day, I don't want him sitting on a therapist um, uh, on a therapist couch unpacking the issues I've given him. But truth be told, I'm winging it. Mistakes will be made. Lessons will be learned. And for someone who plans things and expects things to go a certain way, this parenting stuff will make a fool out of you real quick. Because let me tell you something, them kids do not care. This parenting shit is hard. Did I explain that right? Maybe I shouldn't have yelled so much today. Lord, I pray he does not repeat that. Self-doubt just comes with the territory. I just need to make sure I'm taking care of myself, making sure I manage my emotions correctly, that I get my me time. Self-care is a number one priority, is an absolute must. Whether it's a nap, a nail appointment, a walk, a workout, or just some quiet time, I need that. Should I deserve that? I try to communicate openly with my husband to make sure he knows that, but sometimes he just picks up on it <laughs> and he notices that I need a break. And I'm truly grateful for that. As much as I love my son, we definitely need our space. I know you always see on the mommy blogs, oh, I love spending time with my kids. Nah, I need a break sometimes. <laughs> especially since we have very similar personalities. So the last year and a half has been uniquely brutal at some points. Another thing that I have learned throughout my, my parenting and motherhood journey is I need to reject that superwoman concept. Like, nah, I need help. <laughs> And I ain't ashamed to ask because at the end of the day, I cannot pour from an empty glass. I cannot be the best mother that I can be to my son if I'm not well taken care of. And what kind of example would I be for him if I don't take care of myself? I want to make sure that he grows to be a man that takes care of himself and his family. My name is Samantha. I am a full-time entrepreneur. However, by profession, I am a family nurse practitioner and the mother of an amazing four-year-old. <sighs> Where do I begin with motherhood? Um, I am the one who's guilty of never accepting help. That's been my biggest regret thus far, and it's something that I work on every day. As a mom, you always want the best for your children, and I find that I often do things that end up burning myself out because I want things to be done a certain way for my child. Um, 
And sometimes it comes off as if like if someone else does it, then it's just not as good. And it's not true. But, um, you know, you just have a way in which you want something to be done. Um, or the certain type of people that your children should be around. Um, I often find that I'm kind of judgmental. Um, I don't want to be. But, you know, our kid is pretty stellar. And, you know, parents will always brag about their kids, right? But if you met this kid, you would be like, yeah, he's special. (laughs) So it's like you just want your child to be around comparable children, right? Or children who are going to motivate them and, and be up to par with them. Same thing with their parents. If I hear a child and we're at the park and they're speaking a certain way to their parent, I'm like, nope, we're not talking to them. Um... And it's just like almost sheltering my son too much, whether that's, you know, him talking to certain kids or um, being around certain people. Also, just even when he was a little bit younger, I always um, attempted to shelter him with certain things. Like he's not the type of kid that wants to play in the mud. Like he has a friend, his best friend. He will get dirty. Um, he'll get his hands all in the mud and mm-mm. my son, he'll be like, no, no, um, I'm going to wash my hands. <laughs> my hands are dirty. <laughs> um, so if it's just certain things like that or playing or jumping off of a slide or doing things that may potentially hurt him, I was just like, uh, no, it's okay. Come down, come down. And now, you know, I sheltered him probably when he was like two or three, but now when he's like four and he's not jumping as high as other kids or he's not doing certain things that other kids may be a little more adventurous about in terms of like going down slides, like really big slides. And I see it and I say, damn, I really made a mistake in sheltering him um, because I, I don't want him to be limited. Um, but my insecurities have then rubbed off on him in a little bit. And because of that, he's still four. I still have some time to... um improve so I'm hoping that I don't allow any of any more of my own insecurities to rub off on him and by saying that it makes me have to address the insecurities that I have as a mom as a wife as an entrepreneur um, as a sibling and um, just extending that grace to myself uh, because it's not easy so there are things like that Um, you know never really wanting to compare my son to other children even though sometimes we do it you know we don't mean to do it um but as social beings that's just what we tend to do you know so just letting him know that he is great in his own space and being able to promote the things that he really likes um like he loves octopuses I don't even know if that's a word maybe octopi I'm not even sure But he absolutely loves octopus. He loves the octopus. He will tell you everything about it. He loves like animals and he's always watching something about animals or he's learning something about Spanish. He's not so much into the dump trucks, even though he has dump trucks. Um, So just acknowledging where his strengths are is what I'm working on. Um, And being okay with that, you know, just because he likes certain things that 
uh, maybe other boys don't necessarily like doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with him um, because he is he's pretty brilliant. Lastly, I would say that being a mother, particularly a mother to our son, has made me realize that I need to let go of the control. Um, I have had control issues in the past just based upon my own childhood and, um, you know, things when you grow up and even into adulthood, people disappoint you and you're like, frig that, like, I'm not going to allow someone to disappoint me again. I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to have to depend upon someone for money. Like I want to be in control of my situation at all times. And by doing that, that's then, you know, spread on to my son. And so I quickly realized that I can't control everything. You know, even when he goes to school, I can't control who he's around. I can just teach him to be the best person he can possibly be. Um, but I can't control those external things. And once I realized that I couldn't control that for myself and I couldn't control that for him, it made life a bit more enjoyable for myself and for my family members, particularly my husband. Um, but it's a work in progress and I'm a work in progress. I would not uh, give this up for the world. Um, I love being a boy mom. Absolutely love being a boy mom. And I would love to have another son um, in the future. So we'll see what happens. Pray for me, y'all, because this one didn't sleep through the night. In one of the other episodes, Fiera and Fred talked about, you know, parenting and and tips on sleep training. And I'm like, that was me. Fiera was talking to me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, guys, pray for me. Um, I truly believe that kids were given to us as a second chance and sometimes a third and a fourth chance to correct the things that we have in our own personalities or um, barriers that we've put up because you'll notice that whatever issue it is that you may have one of those children that you have somehow their personality is the inverse or it lends to you seeing something from a different lens like for example if a daughter had um, a strained relationship with her mother. You often find that she will end up having a daughter and it's now her job and her responsibility to feed into and nurture that relationship with that daughter that she lacked. And where are you going to get that from? Like, if you've never received that before, where would you get that from? It's something you have to dig deep down in. Go into some prayer, <laughs> deep dig, dig deep down into it and find it in your child. Um, so yeah, motherhood is awesome. Hi, you guys. My name is Jasmine DeWeeds and I am the host of Eat With Her, Don't Compete With Her podcast show. I am an administrator. I am a wife. I am a mother. I like to think I was a friend. <laughs> um, I'm a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats, but I'm glad to be a part of um, this discussion today. Uh, I really wanted to record today specifically because it's a prime example of how motherhood can be the most unexpected journey and take you down a very um, interesting road sometimes. Because right now I'm 
currently dealing with a cold that my daughter gave to me. So I sound a little bit like a um a growing young man. <laughs> but um one of the things um I wanted to discuss is in, in terms of motherhood is that it is indeed a unique experience to each mother and that child. Um and for me my experience has been unique to me and i like most of my experiences to not be cliche and not be that of what is quote unquote expected of me um or expected of that particular journey so i've i've enjoyed it thus far my child's only 2 so i won't pretend to have <laughs> this vast knowledge of what parenthood looks like but i will say that one of my one of my deepest fears is that um i think at the beginning was that my my child wouldn't be attached to me in a certain way and i think it started with breastfeeding i didn't want to feel that level of rejection and um and i almost like i know that i wanted to breastfeed but i didn't know that like if she said no, like that would be the ultimate like rejection. <laughs> so I was really skeptical about that. Um, I didn't tell many people about that, but that was one of my my fears at the at the beginning. And moving forward, like just you know, an ongoing fear, I guess you can say, is that she wouldn't become greater than me. So that was something that I really um. I really bared in mind. I really had that at the forefront of my mind. I always wanted her to be greater than me. Um, and I wanted to be able to give her that opportunity to be greater than me. So that was something that was an ongoing fear. And that's just not in things. That's in character and personality, um, in love. Uh, yeah, so that that's definitely was one of my ongoing fears. I don't know if I've reached my highest of heights and lowest of lows. What I think about motherhood in, in general is just that it's an ongoing journey, that there is no destination, that 18 is not a destination. I think you might have the wrong perspective when you think that 18 is a destinational thing. It is a achievement that in a world so crazy, a world that we live in that is so, you know, bonkers on any given day that your child can reach the the adult age of course that's that's a beautiful thing but i don't think that it's a destination i think it's an ongoing journey so when it comes to highs um there were some really great first that my daughter had that i was able to experience that i don't think i've ever missed a first and that wasn't always the case with my parents um, so that was always beautiful to see, but I feel like highs are something that keeps another thing that keeps on going. It it just, it just keeps on going. Like you should get, you're going to get more highs. Like her, um, going in a potty is not the highest of heights, you know, and if that is, you know, you need to <laughs> revisit your goals. <laughs> um, and lows is, I think one of my lows just at this particular age, her not even being too. It's just seeing me, my negative um, 
behaviorisms in her. And it's not just a low, it's scary. Like, it's almost like, like, wow, what could I have done differently? But you can spend all day beating yourself up about that. Or you can just spend all your life giving her the better version of you that you couldn't be. Everything's not a, a failure or you're at fault for it. Parenting is a um a lifetime learning game and we can't feel like we've arrived at any point. There may be I'm sorry, there may be things that you know, but you should always be open to learning because the world is changing around us. Our children are growing in front of us. So never position yourselves to be the ultimate um, teacher. I think we, as mothers, as parents, we should position ourselves to be the ultimate learner. And thank you. Hey, my name is Caroline Flowers Samakau, and I am a 33-year-old mom living in Worcester, Massachusetts with my three kids, ages four, six, and, uh, give me a second, ten. Um, I have two kids with birthdays coming up, so I have to make sure not to say almost this and almost that. Um... So, being a mom, hmm. <laughs> it's it's weird that it's almost hard to have this conversation because it's pretty much all I do every day for work is working with mothers to be expect um, postpartum mothers and their struggles. And so, I guess my first thing I'll say about my journey as a mom is. Um, that I am a survivor of postpartum depression two times. Uh, what was it like becoming a mom? For me, it was probably the worst experience um, that I've experienced to this day. And I am someone <laughs> uh, who still struggles with uh, trauma symptoms from things even before I became a mother. So to say that is that becoming a mother was probably the worst experience. Uh, I don't say that lightly or jokingly. Um, In retrospect, looking back at what made it that experience, why it felt so crushing um, is love. (laughs) And one of the things I was thinking about before even doing this is a lot of times in uh, movies, you, after like these people are searching for some secret weapon or the one thing that can cure something or whatever it is, whether it ends up being a kiss or in the tears of something or in the emotion of some final act which most of the time the people searching for this secret thing miss it right but 
it's the love of the act that ends up saving someone or saving the world or whatever the case may be. And I always thought that was so stupid. Of all the things, they found dragons and, you know, weaponized other things and it ended up being love. What the hell is that? But I can almost, I can understand that being someone when I literally, before I left the hospital, I could feel it, that I was being crushed by the weight of love. This, this heaviness that I'd never really felt before. I had my fiance then husband now, I mean, sure, I loved him and it was also a new experience, but it's different. Like there's a difference between spousal love and the love you have becoming a mother. And um, I really, I didn't know what this feeling was. I have to say, um, again, being a trauma survivor, I don't, I've never had this. I've never felt this before. So I didn't know that it was love. Um, neither did I think it was supposed to make me feel feel so damn crappy. But what makes me make those connections is some of the things that depressed me, even before I left the hospital, right, were concerns about breastfeeding. I wasn't getting any milk. I wasn't able to feed my baby. Um, she was already a little small. And now it's like, wow, you know, um, I'd already failed at passing her through my body, right? So my, the first step in becoming a parent, a mom, um, I'd already failed at that. And then now I'm supposed to feed this human being and I can't do that. Now she's making this horrible noise out of her mouth and holy crap, it is going right through me. And the more the nurses also hear this horrible noise, the more they're coming in and, and being aggressive about whether I'm holding right or, or I need to try to feed or do this or do that. And so my first signs of this is, well, I really suck at this job. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, um, being in the hospital for a few days, you see lots of visitors, lots of family, friends, uh, uh, like newly grandmas or grandmas for the second or third time. Uh, coming in, but I didn't have any moms. Um, I didn't really have um, that presence of family. And I thought, holy crap, how could I bring this person in this world and they have nothing and no one? And so now here I am, I'm, wor I'm doing what a mom does. I'm worrying about the welfare of my child, her being, I'm already worrying about her future happiness, her connection to family. I'm already worrying about right, like her eating and all of these things. So of course, I again, I didn't make the connection that this was love crushing me. And it, it took probably a full year before I made the connection. Now, certainly I didn't feel awful that whole entire time. I probably um, around three months when I went back to work, I felt better. But there was still this, I wasn't able to understand. So I did continuously think on what was happening to me in those first three months that I really struggled. And so knowing what I know now, I know that I was transitioning into motherhood, but 
what came with that that is different for everybody is this new realization of what life is going to be and my mind and my spirit were not on the same page so my spirit my soul however you know you want to call it was connecting to this little thing that is now the boss of me and my mind is like I hate for people to fucking tell me what to do so no I don't like that you have taken away my privacy and that I can't shit in peace and no I don't like that you get to tell me when I'm gonna sleep when I'm gonna wake up and no I don't like that you determine you know, how many times a day I'm going to eat, how tired I feel, whether I'm walking out of my house looking a mess or looking good. I hate that this little human being has all of that control. And I think a lot of moms, as I hear now, we, you still struggle with that even, you know, more than three months. But I was someone who just already hated to be told what to do was feeling all of that right away. Um, but my soul was connected, but my mind was really fighting that. And, um, being in a different place now with that child, it is just the 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 love feels good. Um, so that is what becoming a mother for the first time felt like. It felt horrible. It was probably the worst thing that happened to me. There was so much battle in my mind and body um, over having this little human being that I was now in control of. Um, I definitely appreciate, hmm, is that the right word? Honestly, I'm going to say I love my kids. My 10-year-old is my stepson, um, and he's been with us full-time for five years now, five, almost six years, and um, just for reference, so I love my kids. Um, I was lucky enough to have finished school and had been working, whatnot, before I had my, I actually gave birth to my two girls. And, um, but I, 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 I think the word appreciate is a bit strong. <laughs> and I guess my statement was going to be, I appreciate the job of being a parent. I'm lying. I, I, I well, that's what I was going to say. And I'm glad I stopped myself. I don't, right? Because when I, <laughs> some of the lows of being a parent, right, is that you're on 100% of the time. There's never a day off. So if your kid is sick and you're sick, right, that happens a lot of times, the stomach bug or the cold or the flu runs through a house. Um, guess who's not sick? Me, <laughs> you, other moms, <laughs> you don't, and I don't get to be sick. What we get to be is extra sick, tired, cranky, and achy. Why? You know why? Because we're getting up and taking care of everybody else who's sick. And then if, if, usually there's not, but if there is some strength left after all of that, you might be able to remember to take one of your meds or you might be able to get something down or you might actually be able to pee on time without dribbling a little bit because that's what it's like. Everybody else comes first. I can't quite say I appreciate those parts of parenthood. Um, 
but I love, love taking my kids out on new adventures. That's definitely a high for me. I love traveling with my kids and, you know, I'll have people be like, oh, but you just said you were broke last week. How are you like on a vacation? Er, Mind your business, right? Because I prioritize my money a certain way. No, I don't have a hundred dollar Jordans on all of my kids. They're wearing $30 uh, famous footwear sneakers, right? Good old Skechers and whatnot. Um, so that I can take them to Mexico or on a cruise or to Africa to see their roots. That is the high of parenthood for me. I love when they, you know, are, we're planning for a trip and we're learning a couple words of a different language. I love the excitement in their face. I love the difference it makes in a child. And, you know, just for reference, my middle child is autistic And in her kindergarten class during um, her educational meeting, they said they were reading a book about the beach. And they said, Emily, my middle kid, is the only one that could really follow along with the book and actually talk about it. And so when the teacher asked the question, what are some of the things you find in the sand at the beach? Uh, The teacher said none of the other kids in the class, and we're talking 20-something kids, uh, could answer, you know, besides what they saw on the page in the book that they were looking at. But Emily could give further details and about the other experiences. And she asked me, you know, like, she asked me about that. I said, Emily has been to a beach let's just say since she was a baby but her first trip was you know again parenthood she had to come with us on our honeymoon that we had pushed back a little bit so you know um that was she was what five months um yeah five months when she went to uh on her first vacation and was at a beach and you know she sees those pictures and and so forth so every summer every and sometimes in the winter too, depending on when we travel, she's at a beach or the local beach is here. And so just the fact that the teacher, right, was so shocked that my autistic child could be more advanced than her entire class in an area um, further solidified for me just how much those things mean and why I love it so much. So when my husband complains about trips and and money and all that, I remind him of that. It is not just for my own sanity. <laughs> it has educational purposes as well. So please feel free to use that. Um, but I, 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 I definitely appreciate that part of parenting, getting to see the eye, the wide eyes, the hunger for learning. Um, uh, being... A parent, being a mom, it is definitely a difficult job because you're not just that, right? Um, You're also a significant other in a lot of cases. Obviously, we do have single parent homes, but in a a double parent home, um, you are not just a mom, but you're the wife, the girlfriend, the fiance, um, and you... 
have this extra and I don't want to say job, but I've often heard a lot of a lot of people refer to their significant other as their so and so amount of kids, like their extra child because it is almost like you feel like a job by loving the person the way they want to be loved. It sort of is a job, right? You need to continuously be learning about your partner, continuously communicate in their love language as well as their lingual language. How do they understand? How do they hear? This supports communication, but right? Like you're constantly on the job, cooking, cleaning, um, supporting them as well. And so being a mom, being a significant other, you're again, we're back to that 100% of the time you're always on. My house is quiet right now because my husband is out with the kids running an errand. And that's when I could sneak this video and in. Um, but what am I doing at, the, you know, almost nine o'clock at night? I'm sure many of you are doing it too. I am trying to get some laundry folded. I still have the rice in the rice cooker because I still have not eaten my dinner since getting back to work because I'm trying to race around what everybody else needs. I got to get snacks ready and all of that. So back to that 100% of the time being on, I haven't even taken my shoes off from coming home. Uh, and that's just what it's like all the time. So that is hard. But you do that. Um... Because it's part of the job, right? And a lot of times you hear people say, it is what it is. Like, hey, you know, they didn't ask for it. Or this is the life you chose. Or we all got it hard. Or yeah, me too. Or I, you know, this is what it's like in my house too. Or in fact, you, you know, you talk sometimes and you just trying to confide or chat with somebody. And they often want to one-up you. Like, yeah, it's even more of this in my house. And it's even more of that. And I think... People often make you feel like you're complaining, um, like you're being overwhelmed, you're being stressed, you're being tired, or why you don't have the time to, right, be done up all the time, or why you don't have the time to go and hang up, or why you don't have the time to have a perfectly neat and tidy home um, are excuses when it's not, right, because we're all really figuring out this motherhood together. Um, what I would love to see in motherhood and in more communities is this camaraderie, right? If I call you and say, it's been a crazy week, I'm really struggling. Like, I want to know that there's someone out there that's going to cook an extra lasagna and bring it over. Or they're going to offer to carpool or offer to do something else that is helpful because we all get it. And that and that way, I know when they call me, my response is not going to be, girl, me too. Or, yep, same shit over here too. No, it's going to be, how can I help you? What can I do for you this week? I have the capacity to do this and this. Will any of that be useful to you? That's what I would love to see a community of moms be able to do. And nowadays, you can do that from far and wide. Um, you don't have to live in the same community, in the same state, even sometimes to support someone. Um, and I think 
motherhood. Unfortunately, although we get the struggle, we don't often share, um, what is the word, honestly, what it's really like. Even that direct transition into motherhood. It's not all rainbows and sunshine. Not everybody has a baby out of their vagina and there's tons of milk, you know, coming out of their boobs as soon as they meet their baby. And they don't feel this rush of, I guess I should say, positive love the minute they look at their babies. It's not like that. Um, but it gets better. And sending that message would be more important than the, uh, everybody goes through that. You'll be fine. It's just the first few days. Um... I think that that would make a lot more happy moms. Um, so I'm forgetting what else uh, wanted to be answered. Well, I think what do I need to be the best me? Hmm. Um, I definitely need moments of alone time where I can do what I was just doing. Actually, I have my music blasting. I'm dancing around in my living room as I'm folding the laundry on my dining room table because for once it's not full of crap, you know, um, I'm feeling good. I'm uh, got my incense burning because somebody forgot to take the garbage out. So this place was thinking, you know, back to the normalcy <laughs> um, and being able to pursue my professional goals I think is also really important to me as a mom I think the more um, successful I feel the more prepared I feel in my work career the more it makes me feel empowered um, when I come home to what often feels like a shit show but also to people who sometimes forget that I'm actually kind of awesome, right? Like we just get used to, you get used to mom doing it all the time. You get used to mom not forgetting that someone had an appointment. Oh, someone has this due, so let me slip what they need in their bag. Oh, let me check all the backpacks, sign all the papers that need to be done. Oh, my husband's insulin pump is low. Let me refill that real quick so when he gets up at five in the morning and rushes out the door, he doesn't get sick by lunchtime. Oh, let me, we're running out of toilet paper, uh, even though, you know, my, you know, my son or my this or my dad who lives in my, like anyone, right? Um, they shit just as much as me, right? But somehow I'm the only one that remembers that we're low on toilet paper um, or anything else that we need in the house. They forget just how superhuman, how awesome we are sometimes. Um, because they're used to their lives being kind of always managed by us. So it is helpful to remember outside of this home that I am awesome. And I find that if I don't have enough time to continue to do what I need to do professionally, to continue to feel like I'm elevating and, and, and still being effective at my job, then when I come home, and I also feel like, oh, maybe I'm not effective. Oh, I didn't get to get um, dinner done on time. Or, you know, I need to um, have three bags of laundry waiting for me to fold. Oh, there's dishes in the sink. And, like, I'm so tired. I really, like, am I going to be horrible if I don't want to do it? Oh, 
Uh, my husband looks like he's about to start to get ready to do something. But goddamn, I'm fucking tired. Like, I really don't want to. Does that make me a bad wife? So when you come home to what often feels like failed attempts at being superhuman, it's hard to then keep that and hold that for yourself and have that be enough. So I find that um, being um, appreciated, right, whether it is professionally or certainly would love it to be at home, but three out of the four people that you're caring for don't necessarily understand that concept yet. And they're so little that often, you know, just their little extra needs of hugs and, you know, my middle kid loves snuggles and always want the littlest one wanting to still sleep with me. Like those are little gestures that, that they don't know what they're doing, but they do make you feel loved or needed. Um, and so you can't always guarantee it at home. Uh, and it doesn't always come as often as you'd like. And most of us moms don't feel like we want to ask for anything. <laughs> so sometimes home is a place where it can get neglected, but definitely making sure that home is keeping up with keeping my bucket of, of appreciation filled as much as possible and the same thing at work. So I would say that's what would definitely be something I've noticed. Um, I feel best when that's happening at home and at work. So, yeah, that's my experience of being a mom. Um, you know, from all the way from postpartum depression all the way to being a, a traveling family of five. Um, I am definitely, I definitely respect my journey from beginning to where I am now. I definitely can, um, I see where I'm coming from. I see where I am now and I definitely know where I would like to go. And, um, do I appreciate the job all the time? No, I don't appreciate being expected and having to be on 100% of the time. For everyone that I care for, because it is draining and it often causes you to neglect yourself. And so, no, I don't appreciate the job of a mom as much. Um, but I definitely love the people in my house, the little and big people. And, um, you know, let's have this chat again. Thank you for listening. Where do I begin? Honestly, where do I begin? Um, if I'm being honest and transparent, which I want to be, it took me about almost seven weeks after I brought this idea to the phenomenal women that is on this episode for me to record my own and I know some people are like, first thing that comes to mind is why? Like, what is going on? Why would it take her so long? Why was there such a pause? And from the moment I thought about this, I immediately thought about my own mother. And it just brought me to a place that I didn't even know that I could go. Honestly, it it's... It, I could say it's an out-of-body experience. My mom is not present right now. She's not deceased. 
but it feels like she is. And to mourn someone who is still alive and not there is it's extremely difficult. Like I I can't even believe that I couldn't record this without coming to tears myself. And I mean, I want you to be able to hear me and to, you know, relate to what I'm saying and be able to just understand me without the tears and the snot and the ugly cry. But I'm, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. But I'm here now and I committed to doing this right now. And here we are. So for me, being a mom, uh, it's hard to think of it as a as a singular role because there's so much more that goes into the role, and I think that's where a lot of a lot of people just kind of I don't want to say minimize it, but it's so complex. It's so complex. Like you forget. Oh, who was Fiara before she was she a mom? Before she was a mom, right? Like I just recently in my life I find myself not being able to differentiate between the two. I wouldn't trade being a mother of three and a wife for anything. Um, for those who may not have listened, I have a ten year old, uh, a six year old boy, two boys, so two older ones, and a three year old daughter was literally just like me. There's some pros and cons to that, but lately I find myself saying, well, when is the time and where is the space to just be me? When do I get the time to express my feelings of not having my mother around in a time in my life when I need her the most, when I'm going through so many changes that I could never have planned for, could never have said, well, this is where I would be. How do I get time for that? Like just a simple scene in a TV show or a movie and I just get so emotional. Even even in adulthood now, I still have feelings and thoughts of my childhood just wondering how things could be different. But at the same time, the past has made me who I am today, who people see and either they love me or they hate me. And I really feel no way one way or another about it. And I know I'm kind of getting off track of what this was supposed to be, but hey, this is a mom's monologue and this is what I have to say. Being a mom has taught me a level of patience and discipline that I don't think any other role has taught me. I can't even put into words or verbally express the unconditional love. I just can't. But at the same time, there's this moment where it's like, how did I get here? How did I get here? At one point, it's this abstract, whole, unforgiving, everlasting love. And then at the next point, it's like, when am I going to have five minutes to just have a moment of silence? Right? 
Now, I know a lot of people who know me and a lot of people have, you know, have said, you know, oh, Fiara has a cheat code, like she got it. She got this parenting thing down. And I want to say right here, right now, I am so far from perfect. We all fall short, but we're all trying our best. Like I've never been a mom of a 10-year-old boy, a 6-year-old boy, and a 3-year-old girl ever in my life. Like, this is the first time that we're navigating this with them being in three different age groups, developmental levels, wants, needs, and they're all so different and require different levels of attention and parenting. So that's very hard to do. It's just very hard to do for both of us. And we always put our best foot forward. We want to be the best that we can be for them. But sometimes we find ourselves kind of hitting a brick wall. And, you know, with the first, my first son, you know, we started out, we were brand new parents. We didn't have it figured out. You know, we, we bombed his, his breastfeeding because we wanted, we was, I was so focused on making sure I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, that I rationed that thing on those bottles so much. And I'm like, why is he still waking up? Like, why is he not asleep? And it was because the poor thing was hungry. Like, he was hungry. But he survived and he's, we got it together. And now he's eating me out of house and home. And he is gaining no weight none whatsoever and then you come down to the second child we're like all right we want to have another one we want to give him a a friend and I couldn't get pregnant for over 18 months and then when I finally was like you know what I'm just not going to do it it was due to PCOS also you know um insulin sensitivity some weight gain because with my first son I had lost like 40 pounds I had a surgery on my mouth and I really couldn't eat so I got pregnant with him boom then Finally, after we just said, you know, well, we're not going to think about it anymore. And I had gradually lost weight, stopped drinking soda, like started exercising faithfully, and I got pregnant. And he's my most challenging child. Um, he's also the middle child. And like I said, they all require something different. Now, the third one, everyone thinks, oh, you planned it, you wanted it. But that's not true. And I'm being so honest. It's not true. We thought about it. We had a whole conversation. I can remember it just like it was yesterday. And before we even could really like, okay, we're going to do this. I was pregnant in a matter of weeks. It was like, whoop, boop. Again, her and my middle son are what, like five days apart. So it was, I guess it was just meant to be. It was just meant to be. But as much as I wouldn't change it, for the world, I also find myself like something has to be done to balance my role as a mom and me being Fiera. Like there has to be a balance because as of late, I find myself not being myself and that's a problem because how can I take care of anyone else if I'm not okay? If I'm not okay, then that's not okay. <laughs> like, period. It's just not okay. So I'm really getting to a point where, you know, what are we going to do about this? We're having conversations and something has to be done. Because at the end of the day, 
I'm not going to relinquish that role to anyone else. I'm not going to say, hey, I need you to take care of my kids. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. It's for me. And I want to say to the moms out there, don't be ashamed of wanting to still be you. You can still be you and have fun and do the things that you need to do and still be a mom. And there will be times where you really just feel like you are failing. And you might not even be failing, but that's how you feel and that's what really matters. So talk to someone. Don't keep that inside. Everyone needs somebody to talk to. Whether that's your partner, your husband, your friend, your mom, your grandmother, whoever that might be. Because it's it's a cold, cold world when you feel like you're alone. And you can't share your feelings without being judged. It's a cold, cold world. A lot of moms need to hear. And uh, we all we got. We have to support each other. Like I said, no judgment, none, no judgment. I was listening to a show my son was watching and the mom said, it's a mother's job to ease the burden off her child. And I was like, oh, it's so true. But then when that mom takes on that burden, where does the burden go? So if I'm taking off all the burdens of my children and it's on me, then where do I let them off at? Like when are they released from me? And that's when that's when you get to a point, I guess where I am right now, where it's just the cup has run over. Like you just need a minute to step back, right? I am a mother, I am a wife, I'm a nurse, I'm an educator, I'm a granddaughter, I'm a niece, I'm a cousin, I'm a friend, I'm a confidant, (laughs) some may call me a therapist, a really good advice giver, you know, I'm blunt, I give it to you straight, no chaser, but more importantly, I am just me, I'm just fee, and I'm gonna get back to me. I want to thank y'all for tuning in to this episode. It's Real Dose of Love episode, uh, Mother's Day edition. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms that have listened to this episode. Um, it's a very, very good episode. And thank the moms on the episode. Um, let us know what you think. Give us feedback. Um, hit us up on Instagram at Real Dose of Love Podcast. And um, let us know what you think. Peace and blessings.